You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Before I get into today's episode, I want to tell you about my Patreon page. I set up my Patreon page to give my listeners a way to support the podcast and help me in reaching the goals that I have for the show. If you have not yet heard of my future plans for the show, please refer to episode 11 and you will hear all about them. However, if you are aware of where I'm trying to take the show and you wish to show your support, you can do so by becoming a Patreon supporter. As a supporter, you will enjoy special perks, which include early access to episodes, as well as exclusive access to my after-party series of interviews, which are interviews where my guests will talk explicitly about their escapades within the lifestyle. Trust me, these are very exciting episodes and you don't want to miss them. It's very easy to become a supporter and you can do so for as little as $5 a month. The address is www.patreon.com slash keys and anklets podcast. Again, www.patreon.com slash keys and anklets podcast. And for those who don't know, Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Again, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. For those of you who have become supporters, I want to thank you very much for your belief in me and your support is greatly appreciated. Thank you. Okay, I want to welcome everybody to another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. I have a special guest with me today. I want to take this time to introduce you all to Anne. She is a married woman. She's a cuckoldress. She's been married to her husband for uh, 30-something years, right? Right. Um, over 31. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Anne was actually brought to my attention um, on a site that I belong to, and I came across her blog, which is, which is wonderful. And I'm going to include uh, the link to it. You know, she has many wonderful postings about her and her husband's journey, you know, into this lifestyle. And um, let's, you know, without any further ado, let's go ahead and, and, and get to the, uh, the interview or well, the conversation, as I like to say. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone, Anne, and say hello. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Anne. I'm looking forward to being part of this. So uh, ask away, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I most certainly will. I most certainly will. Now, I learned a lot about you from uh, reading your blog, but I'm going to approach this interview as if, as if I only skimmed over it to give you a chance to kind of go in depth about, you know, some of the things that you and you and your husband enjoy and, you know, and how you found your way, you know, into this lifestyle. Okay. So... You know, usually what everyone likes to know first is, you know, how you found your way into the cuckold lifestyle. Now, I will preface that by saying you guys took the swinging route. So why don't you kind of explain to us how you made that transition from swinging to cuckolding? Okay, well, we have been adventurous sexually for 
as long as we've known each other. So um, we were introduced to swinging probably 31 years ago. And through that, you know, that was fun. You know, we met lots of fantastic people. Um, and through that experience, I tended to gravitate more towards single men that I met through that lifestyle and couples, of course. But um, about three years ago, James and I were going to waiting. We we're going to meet with a man, um, single male, and he ended up canceling. But in the course of our text exchange, he asked if we were a cuckold couple. And, you know, we'd heard the term, but we weren't 100% sure. So we just went on the Internet while we were waiting. You know, we were just at a bar and started reading about it. And that's where we found a lot of great sites and cuckold marriage being, like, one of our favorites and really the most most informative. And so the more we read about that, we identified the cuckold, whole cuckold marriage because I'd really been fucking other men alone um, from James for years in the swing lifestyle. And it's kind of like we had this aha moment. It was like, yeah, this really defines, this defines us. And it wasn't anything where it was his idea or it was my idea. It was just, we discovered it together. And so that's the, you know, the great thing about it. Um, wow. so. Okay. So that's, so you, what you're basically saying is there was no, you never had that experience where he presented it to you or you presented it to him. You both kind of just discovered it at the same time. Right. As far as the right. technical, this is what cuckolding is, but you had pretty much been, you know, walking that path for, for some time through your regular swinging activities. Right. Right. And, you know, the more we've been involved with the swinging, I mean, we've met some fantastic people and some of our best friends um, are, we've met through, you know, the swing lifestyle. But for me personally, I was never um, satisfied sexually with, you know, the couples. You know, I love women, but it always seemed like the men that I had, that I'm attracted to were never partnered with, you know, the women that I was attracted to. It was never an even thing. You know, they always say taking one for the team and whatnot. Right. So that's how, you know, started looking and gravitating more toward, um, you know, single men. And so that's, but that has been going on probably, let's see, um, probably 10 or more years, probably 10 or 15 years, mm-hmm. just so it's it's a journey for sure. Okay, so let me one. let me pause you right there for a second. So you, when you guys were playing with couples, you had already started kind of seeing, okay, it's kind of difficult to find the type of men that I'm looking for who are part of a couple. So you started kind of seeking them on your own. What about your husband playing with the other wives? Like what what turns did did that take? Like was he? not really feeling it from the beginning or when did it start to get um, to the um, point where he enjoyed watching you more than he did ha- having any kind of contact with the other wives? Um, I think he enjoyed watching me, but also I think his, he was more excited when he wasn't watching. Like if I had men over, he'd be in the kitchen or doing something or out in the studio or um, you know, he wouldn't necessarily be there. There, I think maybe the first time we entertained a man single. This was years ago. We have a separate 
detached kind of studio um, guest house, if you will, with a bed. And the man that came over, he was an actor, which he said he was. <laughs> and um, he had James, the way the, the room is situated, there's like a, a partial wall that separates the living area from like a, a bed area. And so James had to sit on that couch in the living area while we were having sex. And I was probably in my early 30s at that point. So mm-hmm. it was all new and fun. So that was probably our first experience. Um, but then, you know, we had some great couples and the energy with both the men and the women, you know, sexy women. Um, but any, but as time progressed, I wasn't as satisfied. You know, the, you can have the men never seem to equal the women. Right. Like you get to a certain point and, and maybe it was just, maybe it's where we are. Maybe it was the situation that we've gotten ourselves in. A lot of husbands yeah. out kicking their coverage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I guess. laughs> no, you, you, so. That's something that you definitely uh, in, encounter quite a bit. And let's be honest, it's, it's, it's not easy to get four people on the same page. No, but we, you know, we do have, um, like I said, uh, some great couples, but you know, as like anything, you know, you, when we first started out, the first couple we met, and you know, this is before the internet. So right. when you see all these younger people, uh, which is great in their thirties, you know, really going in head first in this, it's fantastic, but they have so many resources, you know, we kind of, well, you had, had to get to out there and make it happen. You know, Polaroids, newspapers, classifieds, classifieds. <laughs> you know, uh, pagers, voicemail. You know, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the Stone Ages, so to speak, compared to the advantages that they have now. Yeah, no. So it was definitely fun. I mean, no regrets whatsoever. Um, but it's it's been fun. It's been a fun journey, and it's not over. It's still going. So. Um, you know, it makes life interesting, that's for sure. Now, I know from, from reading your blog that uh, chastity plays a big role in your dynamic with your husband. So can you yes. kind of take us back to the beginning and give us an idea of how that all came about? How did you discover it? How did you get into it? You know, were there any missteps along the way? Like, just kind of give us a behind-the-scenes look at your journey into the chastity aspect of cuckolding. Well, um, we'd actually seen a man. This was probably three or four years ago. There was a man and a wife, a couple at a swing party, and the man was in chastity. And he was really attractive. And I just, like, man, I, you know, for once there's somebody there that I want to, um, you know, seduce, but he was, his wife had him locked up. Uh, now, prior and, to that, had you ever that, seen a cock cage before? You know, I, maybe, but I don't, not in public eye, not in plain view, no. Okay, so that was pretty much and your first time, like, wow, like you noticed it then. Yeah, and it wasn't until, you know, we got more into the CM you know, the cuckold marriage website, when I say CM, that's what I mean. Right. Um, we've, that's when we found more resources, 
it got, became a lot more familiar with all the resources and where to buy them. And, um, you know, people will recommend like their favorite one, what's more comfortable, you know, how to find them. And so that's how that started. So, um, you know, James doesn't wear it all the time. He always has it on when I have a date, you know, if I'm playing with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, he's wearing, he's in chastity right now. Wonderful, um, wonderful. Yes, he was, and, you know, usually he's in it for about a week at a time, or if I know that I have something special coming up, say, you know, a week from tomorrow, I'll have him wear his, you know, he'll have to be locked up between now and till after I've, you know, been with whoever I'm with. So, right. uh, and then, you know, his, then maybe I will release him. Maybe I won't, but I'll talk to him about it and see him swell in it. And then eventually, you know, I'll remove it and spurt him with my hand. Um, so it's, 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 it's fun. It's, it's a fun dynamic that we enjoy. And, um, he's got, you know, two or three. Well, he's definitely more comfortable. So if he's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. going to the gym or, you know, working out, some fit better under jeans than others. Or... <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> some are better to wear under, you know, workout shorts and stuff. So Now, I noticed in some of your pictures on your blog that uh, there are some where you're wearing uh, a key around your neck. Correct. Now, the question I have, number one, is that an actual key to his device yeah. or is it more of a symbolic key? It's a key to his device. And how does it make you feel when you're – now, do you, you wear that out in public? Um, yeah. I mean, it depends on what I'm doing. Like, if I go to the gym, I attach the key. If he's wear, I wear it when he's in chastity. Okay, so – for instance, if we go to the gym and I'm doing lots of stuff, I will just attach the key to my watch band. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, I'll wear it around my neck. Um, I've had, you know, cashier or two ask. It's just it's a key to something special, something at <laughs> home. <laughs> now, have you ever had anyone, you know, not – say anything inappropriate, but say something to the effect where you know that they know exactly what it is without, you know, drawing any attention to it, but just by a comment that they make, you know. I I think the one time when a cashier, she was probably a young woman, probably in her early 30s, looked at me, mm-hmm. you know, had a twinkle in her eye, might have and I don't think she would have asked had she not wondered something. But other than that, um, I haven't had too many people mention it. Now, we were at a hotel recently, did a little staycation, and I was going to be entertaining. Uh, my, I have a bull here that I get to see once in a while, not as often as I'd like, but um, James went with me to check in. And left, but we went to the bar and had a drink while we we're kind of waiting for things to get started. He he left right away, but he mm-hmm. went with me to check in and they got my outfits and my shoes and and got everything arranged. But in the bar, I had my necklace on. You know, I checked in the hotel. Like, you know, I didn't even think about it. We we're in the bar, you know, having a drink, and um, 
we had a had to meet with this young man about something coming up. We have a family event happening, and he's looking at me and smiling. I, I have no idea if he wondered anything, but maybe. I hope he did. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know that I've had instances over the years myself, and it'll be usually a really, you know, a comment that I, I, I very rarely do I repeat myself. Like if I see a woman wearing a key, I may say, you know, nice necklace. And then she'll say, thank you. And then my next comment may be, you know, uh, steel, plastic or silicone. And then, she'll, and then she'll kind of do this double take, you know, and then I'll kind of smile. And then she'll, you know, then, and then she'll answer. And I, you know, and I say, you know, like congratulations. And then most of the time, you know, she goes about her shopping and I go about my business, you know. Yeah, well. but, it's, I think that it's nice to be able to have those moments where someone can recognize it and not have it turn into a big thing. Like I've said in previous episodes, I'm involved in a BDSM dynamic and I have a slave and she wears an eternity collar, which is like, you mm-hmm. know, a stainless steel collar. And, right. you know, every once in a while we'll be somewhere and like you say, a cashier will say something and they'll say, you know, nice collar. Like if for people that don't know, they'll say, wow, that's an interesting necklace, you know, mm-hmm. but every once in a while you'll encounter somebody and they'll say, wow, nice, nice collar. And, right. you know, and you say thank you and they kind of smile and wink at you and then you both go about your business. It's like, you know, the people that know would never say anything to embarrass you about it. Or at least right. that's, that's what I've discovered. Like the people who really understand what it means you know, would never call you out on it. They would compliment you on it, kind of give you that knowing look and a wink, and then, you know, and then they keep it moving. So I I always find it very interesting when I see a woman who, you know, just openly wears the key about her daily routine. Like, even if it's like, it's one thing to wear it on a date. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to wear it. Like you said, you know, where you're at, you know, at the gym or at the store running errands or what have you just, you know, just, you know, wearing that key on your person. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to talking to your husband um, to find out what it feels like for him to be watching you and just seeing that key just kind of bouncing around on your wrist or on your necklace or, or what have right. you. Oh, I think he really enjoys it. But yeah, I'd be curious. Yeah, it'll be a good question to ask him. Now, how, when you're, especially when you're in a situation like being in a gym, how powerful or how in control does it make you feel knowing that, okay, no one knows that this man is wearing a cage on his dick right now, and no one knows that I have the key for it right here, Mm -hmm. but yet you're like right under everyone else's noses. Like, what kind of feeling, how would you... Excuse me. How would you describe that feeling that it gives you? It feels great. And, you know, where our gym, we don't occasionally, it just depends on what time. We usually go at lunchtime. So um, there's two or three really attractive black men that are, you know, coaching young kids basketball. Right. And I will, if I'm, if he's in chastity and we're at the gym, I try to, like, do some things to make him make them see that I am wearing that key in a 
And have they noticed? Who knows? Because they're usually ingrained in what they're doing. But right. at some point, I'll just splash it in their faces and see if I can get <laughs> their attention. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't hide it at all. And it feels good to have it and um, to wear it. And it's, you know, sense of empowerment. And that's what I love about, you know, being a cuckoldress is I feel, you know, in control of what I want and what I need. So, um, now since you bring that up about uh, how being a cuckoldress makes you feel, when mm -hmm. you contrast, you know, you get ready for work in the morning and, you know, you're standing there in the mirror and you see yourself. And you see yourself uh -huh. as that cuckoldress. Like, that's now firmly a part of your life right now. Right. When you contrast that woman with the woman that you were right when you and your husband started swinging, like, how has being a cuckoldress affected not only your life, but how you see yourself, how you feel about yourself? Like, what type of... of, of how has that affected you? Well, I think it's affected me in a positive way. So, you know, a little bit of backstory. So I, James is six years older than I am. And so I was 24, 23, 24 when I met him. Um, 20, yeah, I was 24 when we, you know, started, you know, seeing each other. But, you know, he was, you know, in his 30s, which... <laughs> at the time, you know, your 20s, but he was, you know, more seasoned sexually than I was. I mean, I grew up in the Midwest, you know, big family, didn't talk about anything, you know, the classic story. So I really didn't have much experience. I mean, I had some, but not anything. And he was just adventurous and I was ready to learn. And so he said, you know, I would just I'm always one who wants to learn and try new things. I've never very adventurous. If you see my profile, I'm an adventurous soul. Yes, you are. And <laughs> yes. And um, so as the swinging starts, he's always, you know, could have been my mentor and my, you know, I've followed him along, but the tide is turning, so to speak. And he's, I'm, you know, more of the leader and he's the follower. And so that's the great thing about it is as I've gotten older, um, I need more. I need mm -hmm. more than he can give me. I've, um, am a lot more comfortable. And I think this happens with women, you know, they, you know, your kids are finally gone, you know, they're, they're successful, they're doing everything. And it's, you know, it's time for, it's time for me. And, um, and I think, you know, James, he loves that. It, uh, and, but he, I, you can talk to him more about it, but, you know, mm -hmm. the most important thing is where he was probably the leader and I was the follower or willing participant, it's now the reverse. Now, since you bring that up, um, obviously you and your husband have a long history together. Uh, uh -huh. What, how would you just like, was that transition like to go from, you know, willing participant to leader, you know, one thing about being a 
you know, a cuckoldress is it does require you to assume, assume at least some level of being in charge, even if it's only right. in the bedroom. It, it does require some level of taking point, so to speak. Um, right. How was that transition for you? How was it that journey for you to get to the point where you gave yourself permission to be the one that was in charge and to kind of assume that mantle of control from your husband? Like kind of give us an idea of of how that transition was for you. Well, I think that transition was starting when I had my first experience with a man without him. Um, But you know, I can't put my finger on it. It just it just happened over the you know happened over the years. Um, mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that when I because you seem to be so, extremely comfortable with it now. <laughs> you know, you're like yeah, a, you're like well, a Jedi with it now. So, well, I don't know about that, but um, uh, I'm trying to think how I can phrase this best. Well. I, you know, as far as like the lifestyle, like the swing lifestyle and, you know, the websites and your own um, lifestyle lounge and, you know, different websites, you know, James was at one point, he was always the, the one, he's probably spending more time, but, but it was never, he, I didn't know what was going on. It always just depended on who had more time available. Right. And, um, I think, over time, I got more directly involved in a lot of, you know, I've got friends whose husbands arrange their dates, you know, and they do all the communication, and that's fine. But for me, I take total control. Now, there was a point where James would say, hey, we just got a message from this person. You should check it out. I think this person seems interesting. But over time, he... He's not even looking. I know I'm looking. You know, it just it's one of those things where it, it has just evolved. I can't put my finger on it, but mm-hmm. I'm guessing in the last probably six or seven years, I've been more, I'm the one just kind of betting and screening, um, and especially when it comes to bold, like there's no reason for him to, have any interface until I'm ready for him to have interface. There's absolutely no reason because I'm the one who has to know the person and right. make sure that it's a fit, not only, you know, physically, but more psychologically. And, you know, can you have fun together? And I'm have a good sense of judgment. I can, you know, I know I can have a good intuition, I think. So I'm just, answering your question or no absolutely now one thing that i i I really want to achieve you know with my podcast and with these conversations with wives like yourself is we all accept the fact and acknowledge the fact that the cuckold porn that is out there is pretty much atrocious you know it's it's very monolithic as far as its approach and it gives such a distorted view Mm-hmm. of what this lifestyle is about. So for me, it's always important for me to highlight and draw attention to 
the intense feelings of love and passion and respect, you know, and admiration that the couples actually have for each other, because you never see that in any of these videos. And so that leads me to the question of, as you've taken this journey deeper and deeper, you know, into cuckolding, how would you say it's affected your, the way you see your husband, the way that you feel about your husband, when you see this man who is basically put your needs so far ahead of his own and you see that unselfish act, like how has that affected the way that you see and feel about him? Well, I mean, I, my respect and, you know, love for him and admiration is just that much more. I mean, we're, we're best friends. We, the nice thing about this is we probably talk more than we, you know, we, you know, we talk about everything and don't hold back. So, um, if anything, it, it has, it's, it's helped our relationship. And I think it's a mutual thing. You know, I, admire him and respect him for him being open and honest about what turns him on because for a while there I'm like are you sure that his pleasure comes from being denied and that is what turns him on and I think that is so interesting because some people can't don't understand that they Mm -hmm. they they just don't understand it but it's it, it turns him on to know that I have control over him and that I have control over, you know, we don't have traditional intercourse. Um, do we have pleasure? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Are we intimate? Absolutely. But we, I think what we have is, is so much stronger. So it definitely sounds like, it's taken you to kind of like this higher plane of, of awareness and acceptance and, you know, like you understand now that he loves to see you wield the power that you have. Right. And you love wielding it. You know, it, it sounds like you definitely enjoy holding that scepter, so to speak. Yes. Yes. You know, and, you know, he enjoys deferring to you, like having you wield that power, even if it's something like like you just mentioned, how nowadays you're the one who's going after your bulls and talking to your bulls and you include him when you're ready to include him. Correct. And it sounds like he's perfectly happy in that role, you know. Like he's happy to get not whatever, I don't want to say you use the word scraps because it kind of has a negative connotation to it. But just when you do it, he knows that you're doing it on your own terms as opposed to him influencing it in in any type of way. Correct. You know, and it's, it's like one of the things that I enjoyed about reading your blog. And like I said before, I'll make sure that I definitely include uh, the links because I think that everyone should read it. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. is you two have seemed to reach, have reached such a, such a pure place 
you know, like I love reading about your particular dynamic because it's like you've you've come through all the fog, you've come through all the muck, you know, you've kind of come through all of the, you know, the, the things that sometimes, you know, trip up some couples and, you know, you have this very, you know, for lack of a better word, uh, zen-like vibe about you. You know, like you're both right. just so comfortable in it and you fully accept it and, you know, you're in your happy place and you found what works for you and, you know, that's what you do. Um, and like one of the things I really want to talk about that I never really encountered until I read your blog and I'm, I'm going to need you to clear it up because I can't remember the exact phrase you use, but you have a term for the ideal type of situation that you're looking for in regards to a bull, like as far as finding that one, can you kind of give my listeners the term that you and your, your husband have come up with as far as what you're looking for? Well, well, so I don't think I can sum it up in, in one word. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. There's a, no, I'm saying there's a word that you use in your blog uh, oh, involving okay. so the I, word one. Well, well, part of it is the relationship of three. That that, I'm sorry. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. I apologize for that. So ideally, like in our, and the thing is about cuckolding, it's, there are no rules per se. I mean, everybody, it, it's what works for us may not work for someone else. You know, everybody, so you can't really judge anyone based on everybody has their own journey and, but um, so an ideal bull, first of all, if I don't take the word bull lightly, I mean, bull is somebody who it's not just fucking a black guy. I mean, a BBC, you know, having sex with, you know, a black guy with, you know, a nice cock. Do I love that? Yeah. <laughs> but if you have to earn it. I mean, well, as someone who is willing to accept that, you know, and you've talked about this before, A, you're married, and, you know, James is part of it, maybe not directly, but indirectly, you mm -hmm. know, and there has to be a respect, a three-way respect, or it's it's not going to work, you know, and... I, Ideally, you have, I want quality over, you know, quality over quantity. Quality is, is paramount to me. So finding the right person, persons who truly are not afraid to get to know us and be part of it. And I'm not saying anything other than, you know, a mutual, a three-way mutual respect and inclusion and in however it, uh, turns out to be and that's all depends on the dynamic that mm -hmm. I have with the bull with the bull so um, the relationship of three is really paramount in our minds but I used to think okay when I meet someone I have to drill that in but I found that I have to maybe I need to get to know several men you know I just hated the term slut but you know I am a slut so such a beautiful uh, word it, when you well, when you fully when you when you fully understand it, like for me, yeah, I know. it's it's a, it's a very like to me. I'll keep it simple. 
a slut is just a sexually empowered woman. It's a sexually empowered woman. Right. It doesn't conform to, to what society says she should, who she should allow in her bedroom. Right. And so maybe before I thought, okay, well, I'm going to have to set these guidelines, you know, got to do this, you know, have all these different steps. And now I've realized I'm doing it backwards. I think it's more important to maybe get to know, let's don't worry about things, let it play out. You know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Um, and, you know, that's where it's interesting. You know, it's really important for me to have a, a, a connection with whoever I'm with, but maybe that connection doesn't happen. It can't happen overnight. It can't happen in one uh, one evening. You right. know, it's something that hopefully you have enough chemistry the chemistry and your personalities, you know, you get along and you can talk and laugh and, and, you know, explore. So, but yeah, so it's that relationship of three that is something that's, you know, is really important. Yeah. I wanted you to talk about it because personally I, I find it such a beautiful and appropriate term. And it's something that, I want to talk about because I have a feeling that there are a lot of couples out there who will be listening to this, who they feel exactly the same way, but they've never been able to put the right words to it. Yeah, And I think that when you hear that, there's going to kind of be like an aha moment for them. Like that's it. Like that's what we're looking for. And I think that, you know, it, you know, like personally, I would love to see it catch on. And when I say catch on, I mean catch on in a sense that a couple is able to identify that this is what we're looking for, as well as bulls being able to latch on to it and say, hey, this is the type of dynamic that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And have it almost well, become like a universally accepted term and phrase that puts people on the same page. Yeah, I think um, we're not new to come up with it. I think we read about it on, you know, Lover, the owner of the cuckold marriage. You know, he's he's written about it, and so it just makes sense. But what works for us may not be that important to other people. But um, you know, the most important part for us is just the level of communication and the trust, and you know. My cock is my is my best friend, and we, you know, have been through a lot together, and we're not done, you know. And what works now may change. Who knows? You know, you just hate to have. It's like okay, we're doing great, and things may be different next year, but maybe we'll hit another plateau, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or not a plateau, but hit another. I mean, that's not the right word, not plateau, but maybe we'll hit another height of, of, of discovering something else. So, um, but we've, you know, we've done, we've had a lot of just really fun and interesting experiences over the years. So, um, so. Now, one thing I'm always kind of curious about, and I think, you know, a lot of my listeners are too, when you're out and about, you know, whether you and your, mm-hmm. your husband go out to dinner or to a movie or what have you, what mm-hmm. ways, I mean, like, it's one thing when you meet somebody online or on a website, like you're able to pretty much put out there, 
you know, who you are and what you're into. But when you're in normal situations among people who might not know what you're into, do mm-hmm. you have any ways, whether it's something that you wear or, or, you know, different ways that you carry yourself to kind of give off that, that perfume of being a cuckoldress? Like when you're out and about and you're in a mood to meet someone, like what ways do you have of letting someone know who knows what to look for? I'm not saying that you're doing something very overt, but even in very subtle ways, like what do you do to kind of advertise the fact that, you know, we are a cuckold couple. It's okay for you to approach me if you do it the right way. Well, I mean, I've never thought about that. I don't tend to advertise. Um, I just am who I am. So, I mean, if we're going out, you know, to a movie or dinner, what um, I, you know, always try to dress sexy, look good, um, and you know, take you know, make the effort. Um, I am of the two of us. I'm a more social person, so mm-hmm. I will strike up a conversation. I can go to a party or go somewhere and you know, strike up a conversation with someone. And that's something that I've always been able to do. And so I think there's that empowerment and has always been there in a, you know, different way. I just am, can, you know, smile, flirt, or genuinely, you know, engage in conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we don't go out a lot, you know, but, if we go to a bar or we go have a cocktail, I'm the first one who's talking to the guy next to me at the bar or wherever we're sitting. (laughs) 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 On those occasions, am I wearing the necklace? I don't know if I am, you know, I've never consciously tried to go out and pick up, you know, a complete stranger in hopes that, you know, this person may be a potential bull or, you know, partner. I need to do that. That's still on my, you know, still learn, still. <laughs> <laughs> now, being that I know a lot of couples listen to this who may just be starting out, uh-huh. one thing that I do like to, to, to ask women in your position is, when it comes to dealing with bulls, do you and your husband have like any type of rules in place? Like we never do A, B, or C, or we always do A, B, or C, even if it's just one rule. Like, are there any guidelines that you've both kind of agreed on that work for you that has served you, you know, through your journey in this lifestyle? Um, you know, we don't really don't have any rules. Um, at one point, I mean, we could talk and agree, you know, what might be best for us, you know, given the situation. But um, I think, you know, maybe at one point I felt like I needed things to happen in a certain order in order to take someone to bed. Mm-hmm. And I can explain what it was, and it's and I've written about it where I had to verify. You know, for instance, if you and I met, I would need to 
verify that you were had the size that I needed. So, right. Okay. So somewhere in Constitutionally, where you go to a parking lot or parking garage, I would take somehow we would have to be alone, and I would have to make sure that your cock is large enough. You can't touch me, but I, you know, put your cock in my hands and I stroke it and I get a visual. Like, okay. And so a dick check is very is a, is a key part to you. What excuse me? What did you say? I said a dick check, <laughs> a cock check. Yes, yes. Is yeah. is is, is yeah. a key step. You don't want anyone yeah, overselling themselves. Yeah, pictures. You know, pictures. Anybody can take a picture. Anybody exactly. can zoom in or get the lighting just right. Right. Then you get then but, you got Yahoo inches and the whole conversion chart and. <laughs> and you know whatever. And it it's and it maybe it's not. 10 inches or 9 inches, but maybe it has a great shape, or maybe it's thick, or maybe it's not, you know. So, um, I used to think I had to do that, like that had to happen, and, you know, we had to have a drink, and then I had to do this, and then, you know, so say, for instance, James would go with me, we'd meet him together, he'd, he'd, you know, be at the table, guard the table while I took the guy out to the parking lot and then we'd come back and then the next time I would get together with the person alone, you know, just this cumbersome thing. It's like mm-hmm. this is crazy. You know, this is backwards. Um, I am missing, I might be missing out on something going through all these steps. So I kind of just decided to not be so rigid, you know, just let it, let it flow. Right. Um, and we used to do that, like, in the swinging, you know, we'd meet couples, and if we could click, um, sometimes we'd go to bed, sometimes we wouldn't, but we weren't as rigid of, okay, we have to have a drink, and then we'll get together in two weeks, or, you know, whenever you can get a babysitter next. And we were more spontaneous, and I think that's kind of the key Though I still, you know, being able to talk to someone and having a conversation, if you can't communicate, it's it's not going to be, I'm not going to go to bed with someone if I can't have a conversation with them. You know, there people can text, and you can text, and you can email, but if you can't talk, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, 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 it's almost kind of a lost art. Um, you know, I think that we come from... I mean, obviously, a, a, a different generation where, you know, you you had to be able to talk, you know, and I, you know, I know even for myself when I, you know, when I deal with people, I tell them, you know, I got to have a conversation. You know, first of all, texting is not efficient. You know, like it might take me two hours to say something that I can say in a phone conversation in twenty minutes. Well, you know, it's also easy. It's also easy to, you know. You hit return. It's like, oh shit! I didn't mean to say it. that's not yeah. what I meant. And then you've yeah. got to backtrack. It's like, oh, oh yeah, I didn't mean it that way. And of course, you can't <laughs> but, you can't um, convey tone at all in a text message. Well, right. And I get you know, I get people reach out all the time to me, and it's like, okay, let's talk on the phone. And you can weed out right away if people aren't going to talk on the phone, then it's not worth. Oh yeah, yeah, no, going absolutely. Any further, so. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, so 
after you've been with a bull, how do you view that period of time where you're reconnecting with your husband? Like, what does that mean to you? What does that symbolize to you? It's probably, it means a lot. I mean, the connection that we have, excuse me, you know, when, you know, first of all, when I, if I get together with a bull, so he may not be there, but I always audio record it. Think, you know, iPhones, I just, I record it, you know, I turn the record on, the audio thing on, put the phone somewhere and forget about it. Um, and then, so I always have that. Sometimes I haven't saved it accidentally, but I've been able to give them a pretty good playlist. Right, a, right, a, a rundown of what happened. <laughs> um, take pictures. But then, you know, I tell them about it. And oftentimes, you know, I let him put his, I'll have him put his finger in my pussy and feel my bald seed and, you know, just him feeling that and being part of it and then hearing me just tell him everything um, is really special. And, you know, we may talk about it um, again. And they're, what's great about it now is I feel like, you know, I'm more open. You know, I talk a lot. You know, I can talk to people, but I'm still very private. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes I don't communicate what I'm feeling, but I feel like in the last few years, I've opened up so much more. I mean, we could just be in the kitchen and I can say, you know, I've been thinking about this. What do you think? Or, um, you know, just on all sorts of topics. I can't, you know, think of any one example right at the second, but I just feel like um, we are just closer than ever. That is so, like, I enjoy getting couples to talk about that because, like I said before, that's the one aspect of, of, of cuckolding that I feel like is not highlighted enough is that connection and that emotional mm-hmm. connection, mm-hmm. you know, between the husband and his wife, you know. Right. And, right. you know, I feel like bulls need to hear that. Like, as a bull, you need to, to be reminded of the fact that this is a couple that is in love. Mm-hmm. You know, like, even though you may be, you know, she might be your slut, that's still that man's wife. That's his soulmate. Mm-hmm. That's his best friend. Mm-hmm. That's the mother of his children. And right. never lose sight of that. You know, never right. allow yourself to be your vision to become clouded by the fact that sexually this woman is at your immediate disposal. Like she's willing to be your, your fantasy woman, but that man still plays a far more significant part in her life than you do. Mm -hmm. And you should, you shouldn't, as a bull, you shouldn't even have the desire to want to eclipse that because that's not what it's about. You know. Well, I think it, it, it's eclipsing different parts of it. it. It's important, and I think, you know, and I think that's just something that you figure out. You know, you can't go put rules on. They just have to be willing to be part of that. Mm-hmm. And and I would think, I mean, I'm just, this came to me right now, you know, they're going to have 
that sense of denial too when the night's over and you know he satisfied her and you know the 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 cuckoldress the queen you know he's he's satisfied her he's done everything he can or maybe he's at a point where he owns her but at the end you know at some point he's going to leave and she's going to be with her husband and they're going to be have their own intimate time while they have traditional intercourse well we wouldn't but you know, we'll be satisfied and, you know, we'll find out, we'll do other things. But the bull is now going to feel, have that sense of denial. You know, it, it, he's not always going to have what he wants all right. the time. Now, one thing I want to re- uh, kind of comment on, because you've actually uh, made several references to it throughout our conversation when you talked about penetration between you and your husband, do you allow him to penetrate you at all? Um, you know, there have been a few times when it's it's happened, um, but he does. He's never allowed to, as we call it, spurt. He doesn't never allowed to ejaculate inside me. I save that for my for my black or my my bowl. So how long would you say it has been from the last time your husband has ejaculated inside of you? Oh, inside of me? Oh, I don't know. Um, Just to give our listeners an idea. Maybe a couple of years. And the reason why I bring that up is for a lot of couples getting into this, they may feel sometimes that, you know, whether it's how long they keep their husband in chastity or, or how long it's been since their husband has fucked them or how long it's been since their husband has Like, they may feel like they're being a little bit too extreme. So I just like to say these things so that they can hear that it's not so unusual, you know. Like not not that they should be doing something because you're doing it, but just to understand that they're not the only ones doing it. You right. Know? I mean, and to understand, other ways. right? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what happens is couples discover other ways to be intimate aside from the intercourse aspect of it. Oh yeah, there's you know there's out of course. There's just all sorts of things. I mean, there's a lot of you know, or he's you know. Oh, yeah. Another thing is there is a period if I, you know, I'm in an area where there's just not a lot of choice. There's not, mm-hmm. um, I won't name where I am, but, um, I haven't found, it's not like a steady, I don't have like this huge stable, like out back. <laughs> um, but, you know, I have, there's other ways, you know, he has, a, I have a strap on he'll put on a gaff and wear the strap on. I have a nice black dildo. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll use that. I mean, I, well, I have toys. I have, you know, a couple, you know, certain combinations of my Hitachi wand that I've had for years and, you know, favorite toys that I can, you know, get off. I can. I would love for them to become a sponsor of my show. This is a sidebar. Like, Hitachi gets mentioned so much. <laughs> you should. You know, we bought, oh man, we got ours like years ago. Like, I mean, They last. And, I mean, if you get an actual Hitachi, I mean, they're. 
you know. Yeah, ours has the cord. The cord, it never goes dead. I mean, yeah. it always, yeah, so anyway. But, you know, we have other, other things that we do, and, you know, my hand, I'm great with my hand, and, um, you know, we do all sorts of things. So it's, it, it, you, more to, I'm sorry, go ahead. And and quite honestly, he doesn't satisfy me. Maybe at one point he did, but then I learned there was much. There were other things out there. I mean, I used to think. I mean, he, for a white ma- male, he was had a nice sized penis, but as he's gotten older, it's not quite as, you know. It doesn't get as engorged. Doesn't last as long. It quite. It gets lost inside me. Uh, inside of me. And that's the beauty of this lifestyle is that he doesn't live under the delusion that he does satisfy you in that way. Yeah, but at one point maybe he did because you have to understand, like when I met him, I'd had a couple sexual partners, but really nothing consistent. I mean, he opened my eyes to what real pleasure was. And so um, I think for some women in the lifestyle, he was like, to go to everybody went to him but mm-hmm. for me it's like um but it was hard to find men it's predominantly like a white um you know white predominantly white men at least where i live and it was hard to find what you want so. And you you said something a few times uh during our conversation and i want to want to kind of highlight that as far as your bulls go, are you at mm-hmm. the point now, you know, because like I said, I'm, I'm a reader of your blog and, and, and so mm-hmm. there are certain things that I've picked up from that. Are you at mm-hmm. the point now where you have a strong preference towards black men or are you still pretty much wide open as far as your bulls are concerned? Like which yes. side of the spectrum would you say you're on? Uh, my preference um are black men. I did meet one man where we travel to quite a bit who's, you know, he's Danish and he's European. Eh? He's cool. He's different. And he's white. And he's a lot of fun. And so um, I see him not very often, you know, maybe once every couple months I mean, when I can. But so I might, but my my preference is black. I I love black men. I love being with black men. I love the contrast of my skin. And I just think it's, they're more sensuous. Not maybe not every one, but right. the ones that I'm have my I, the ones that I'm looking for. Um so And again, this is not about you saying what's right or what's wrong. This is about you saying what works for you and your husband in your particular situation. And people can take from it what they wish. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and if we have this conversation next year, it may not, I may not be saying the exact same thing. You know, you (laughs) something like it's this is evolving it changes mm-hmm. the dynamic changes you learn you know you never stop learning right so. now one thing that i would like to get to if you don't mind um i let a number of my listeners know that i was going to be talking to you this evening and right. i kind of put the word out that if there's anything in particular that that they would like me to ask you about 
Okay. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to go into a few a few of the questions that were submitted uh, by some of my listeners. You don't have to go into a full, you know, detailed description, but just to kind of give them an idea. Mm-hmm. And I like to let them know that, hey, I saw your question and I'm asking your question because I like my fans, you know, and my listeners to know that I do listen, you know. Right. So here's one question that one of my listeners submitted. Do you get mm-hmm. turned on by seeing your husband being deferential to a bull? If so, does that improve the actual sex? Yes, absolutely. And yes, it does improve the sex. How, because like, what do you see when you see him being deferential? Like, what is that? How does that speak to you? It just means that he's relaxed and he's good. You know, he's, he's fine. He's in my mind, in my, understanding of the definition is he's you know respectable and he's he's good with it you know there's no jealousy or uh feeling feelings that are going to make my if he's calm and at peace i'm going to be that much more relaxed i don't have to worry about him very good very good yeah. You know, an, another question that someone submitted is, what is your favorite cage for your husband? Well, he has three of them, and the favorite one is the CB3000. It's plastic. Mm-hmm. This is pink, and you've seen it in the pictures and right. on the CM website. And I believe the cages that we've found that we have learned about, we've learned about it through CM, like someone writing something and um, and then maybe we follow up on it. But, yeah, so that's the favorite. It's comfortable and it comes in different colors. And so, what is your favorite and, color to have him in? Well, I mean, he only has, he has a pink one. I mean, he only has one. I, and um, he has, he has two others. And he has one that is more silicone and has a little bit of, has a ring and it's from, it's from Pipe's Dream. He wrote these down for me. It's called the C-Ring 2. And then there's another one that's, it's just, it's all metal and it's more of a secured keyed locking chastity device. And he got, we found out about that one through subshop.com. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but the favorite one is the pink one. That's kind of the go-to middle of the week. If the last time um, I got together with a bull, he put on the, they call it the good one with the black <laughs> silicone. It's more dressy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that one's comfortable. But, you know, it just depends. You know, if he's going to wear it for any length of time, the CB3000 is the one that he likes. So you have different cages for different situations. Right. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, here's another question. Um, let's see. I just, well, okay. How open are you about your lifestyle, and do you have any friends or family who are not in the lifestyle themselves but know about the lifestyle that you and your husband lead? Um, I am not open with my family at this point. Or friends. It's not to say maybe one day if I have a relationship with someone that I might feel more comfortable, you know, sharing 
that, but right now there's no reason to, but um, I'm not opposed to sharing it with select friends who've known us, who've known us for a long time or known me for a long time. Um, yeah, I'm not opposed to sharing it with my adult children. They're pretty open-minded, but um, at this point, there's really no reason to, but I would. There's no, um, so. Okay, now another question that someone submitted. Have you ever gotten another woman to not only see the benefits of the lifestyle, but to embark on it herself? Um, I have a close friend, very good friend, who is the woman of a couple that we met through the swing lifestyle. And she, we talk intimately about lots of this stuff. And this summer we were together with them and I was with her alone. And, you know, we were in Colorado. We were trying to, I had was in contact with someone and I borrowed their car. We were staying at their place. I borrowed their car and drove up to this mountain town to have coffee with this guy. And she was just like, you know, I'm, you know what you want. And she was envious that I know what I want. You know, mm-hmm. I just explained, you know, this is, this is who I am. And, and she and her husband get that. Like they totally know that, you know, as far as our sex play days really are kind of over, but we're best friends. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but you can talk to her about anything and I can talk to her about anything. And so she was like, you're so unenvious that you know what you want because mm-hmm. she's still trying to figure out what she wants. And when she said that, does that, you know, like I'm sure that there's a part of you that, you know, kind of feels like, you know, one day you'll know what this feels like too. And hopefully you will. But is there also a part of you that's like, you know, I don't want to say cocky, but where you're kind of like, you're damn right. I know what I want. And I've got, you know, yeah. I've, you know, I've been doing this long enough to not feel ashamed for going after what I like. No, no, I don't think I felt cocky. I think I just, it just made me feel good. It made uh, me feel just helped you know, my empowerment, you know, she enjoys, you know, black men, but her husband arranged when she does get together, her husband arranges it. She, there's a, she never, um, is her phone number is never involved in the exchange, you know, through a lot of their things and that's their choice. But I also think because see, I just, I, you know, I work from home and do my own thing. So it doesn't matter. I can give out my phone number, but you know, some people can't because you know, they have a work phone and so they have to be really careful about, you know, how much, how much they share. But um, I think, you know, at some point she's, maybe she will be inspired by me to take the bull by the horn and arrange her own fun. Maybe, maybe she'll listen to the podcast. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I, I share it with them for sure. Now, uh, one thing that I always like to say as far as the way that I like to end uh, these conversations is you have a number of couples who, you know, they're just beginning their journey Mm -hmm. and they pay so much attention to couples like yourself because you know, people like you inspire them. People like you show them 
what is possible. So knowing that you have their ear right now, what would your advice be to a couple who is just starting out with all this? Like what pieces of advice would you give them where maybe they can learn from some of the missteps that you've made or things that they should look out for in their journey? Well, the most important thing is that they communicate. Communication is key. And, you know, you may not always agree, um, but you have to trust your partner and that honesty has to be there and there, everything has to be on the table. You have to communicate. And if you don't, it's not going to work out. I mean, you know, everybody's different and... We have, we feel, you know, James and I were talking about this today. I mean, we feel really lucky that we have evolved through this. There hasn't been any awkward, um, okay, so we're, we don't, we don't like, you know, like swinger could never stand like terminology. We just are adults who love to have sex and, you know, we like like like-minded people and, you know, just being a label as a swinger, just, (laughs) just, I don't know we're too hip, we're too young for that, I guess. But um, again, the most important thing is you just have to communicate and talk about it. And hopefully, it's something that you're both on the same page. It's um, but it you know it takes time. And that's all I can say is it takes time. It's not an overnight thing. And you have to communicate and you have to be honest and you have to trust one another. Mm-hmm. and have fun. Don't, you know, I think at one point I felt like we had set too many rules. You had too many rules and you have too many rules. It just, in our opinion, doesn't work. You have to have some flexibility and you have to not take it so seriously and just have fun. But you also don't want to get away from what you're after either. So, um, well, there you have it, everyone. Like the key is communication. I mean, that's a theme that's been repeated through other conversations that I've had. And I bring that up because, you know, I want people to see how important communication is. And mainly for the men, don't be afraid to express what you feel. You know, trust that this woman is going to, you know, listen to you with an open mind and you know, she might not do it, but she'll listen to you. You know, it's not about tricking her. It's not about convincing her. It's not about deceiving her. It's about communicating your thoughts and your desires to her and, you know, and opening up those, those, you know, opening up that dialogue. So with that being said, and I want to thank you tremendously for being a guest on the show, I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, and I'm sure everyone has enjoyed listening to you. And um, I will definitely be be talking to you again for our after party episode because there's some things that I, I certainly want to talk to you about. And um, like I said, thank you. I yeah. it means a lot. Well, you're welcome. I've enjoyed it, and I think for those of you who are, you know. If you're not familiar with cuckoldmarriage.info, highly recommend you 
Go well, to trust the site me, I'll, and, I will be putting the links on yeah. your on your interview, not only to the site, but to your profile specifically so that they can, uh, you know, uh, read the different blog posts that you have. Because, like I said, they're they're great reads. I mean, you write some mm-hmm. of them, your husband writes some of them, you know, we, I'll we definitely be, we, you know. Yeah, we co-author. We also co-author, but, you know, a lot of them I um, get started and, you know, it just depends on what what we're writing about, but um, right. it's a team, it's a team effort. But because that's I, what, like I said, that's what made me want to talk to you was reading mm-hmm. your blog. And I was like, wow, these, uh, they're, they're fascinating. You know, just right. the way you went about your writings. And, you know, I think that anyone who reads it, you know, will be just as engaged in it as, as I was. So I would definitely right. be promoting it and letting people know about it. And I'm sure you're going to be getting a legion of new fans, you know. Well, well I, I didn't know I had a fan club, but, you know, we'll take no, that, I guess. No, 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 trust me. You, you, if, if you don't already have one, I mean, well, you do have a fan club because you have a fan in, in me. But okay, good. beyond me, you know, there will be, I'm yeah. sure, many of my listeners who, you know, will listen to, well, I'm sorry, will, will read your, your blog and, hear the things mm-hmm. that you have to say. And cause like I said, it's beautifully written. It's beautifully written. I love the way that both you and your husband express yourselves. And I'm looking forward to hearing what people have to say about you after reading it. Great. Well, okay. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing, hearing that as well. So, um, hope everyone enjoys. All right. Well, on that note, I want to thank everyone and all of my listeners for listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast. You know, you guys have have, you know, helped me get to a point where, you know, I'm exposing this lifestyle to more people and making it more accessible. And all of you who are listening play a part in that. And hopefully you've enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I have had in talking to Anne. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you, and all of you have a blessed day. Take care. Mm-hmm.